0: Well, did you remember anybody remember Reed Cordick? Yeah, there we go. Rege Cordick was uh, he was the morning announcer on KDKA radio um, a number of years ago. And uh, whenever we were in the barn, milking cows at six o'clock in the morning, Reed Cordick was on, and he would always say, "Smile, fresh air is good for your teeth." <laughs>
1: So moment. I know some of you
0: are just much too young to remember Reed but anyhow. Pastor Monk, if you'd come. It's good to be with you this
1: evening. and so let's bow for a word of prayer, please. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, to our souls. Fill us with your spirit in this time. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to Thee, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. The topic that is for this evening is the nails of the cross. They strengthen. The passage of Scripture comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Chapter 12 verses 5 through 10 On behalf of such a man will I on behalf of such a man I will I boast but on my own behalf I will not boast except in regard to my weakness for I do not wish to boast for if I do wish to boast I shall not be foolish for I shall be speaking the truth But I refrain from this, so that no one may credit me with more than he sees in me or hears from me? And because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. The theme for this Lenten season is the nails of the cross and what they do for us. And you'll remember two weeks ago, Ken shared with us that the nails guide us. They guide our attitude and our actions. And last Wednesday, John shared with us that they strengthen or they heal us. Uh, They heal our heart. They heal our spirit. Did I get it right? Okay. I wanted to share about those nails from a passage of scripture that you might not think was actually talking about the nails because it is in the Old Testament. It's in the Psalms, the 22nd Psalm to be exact. And I'm going to share verse, verses 12 through 18 with you. For many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of bastion have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and thou dost lay me in the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me, a band of evil-doers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones they look they stare at me they defy divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots jesus knew what awaited him when he went to the cross he knew the nails that would go through his hands and through his feet. I don't know if we've really tried to grasp, but one time I tried to share with one of my congregations to give them a little bit of an idea. Take a little pin, you know, one of those little pins you use when you're sewing, and stick it in the palm of your hand. It probably doesn't feel too good, does it? Make that a little bit bigger. make it a brad. It feels a bit worse. But it wasn't just a brad. It wasn't just a finishing nail. It was a large, rough-hewn nail that held his body to the cross. How weak can you be put? What kind of a position can you be put in that is weaker than hanging on a cross? by nails through your hands and feet. And he died for you and for me. Jesus became weak so that we might become strong. Paul talks about weakness in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. He shares these words from, uh, with us in verses 1 through 5, and when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the tes- testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. The power of God. You see, he chose the way of weakness. He didn't choose, although he had been highly educated, highly educated in the Greek education and in the Jewish education. A Roman citizen and a Pharisee of Pharisees, he had great wisdom and great, great power according to the world's standards. He chose to give all of that up and called it as rubbish for the high calling of Christ Jesus on his life. He chose the path of weakness rather than the, the path of eloquent words. and, uh, of, Good speaking. <coughs> the word escapes me now. But what the Greeks were known for in their philosophy and oratory, that's the word I was looking for. Rather than the oratory, he chose to preach the power of the cross of Christ. That's where the strength would be. Let them see not wisdom, but let them see God's power. Let me be weak. Let him be strong. He also found that in his flesh, and that was in that passage that I shared with you. But let's remember those words that Jesus shared with Paul as he has three times asked for that, thro- that thorn to be removed from his side. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is perfected in your weakness. Paul has an answer to this weakness. He says, yes, I am weak. I am crucified with Christ, he says in Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the power of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by his power. I live by his strength. He guides me. He fills me with his spirit and with his power. And so he moves on. to. He could tell the Philippians in the midst of the the imprisonment in Rome as he's writing to this church that he dearly loved and realized he probably would never see again. And he's talking about his desperate circumstances which they have helped to minister to and help him in. He says that He can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. You see, those nails that held Jesus to the cross give us strength. His strength is perfected in our weakness. One of my... I I don't do the children's sermons in our church here anymore. But I had, in past years, I've been responsible for doing the children's sermons. I enjoy the children, but I share that with that opportunity with the people in the church here. But one of my favorite uh, children's sermons that I used to do is we would have a jumping contest. And I would pick two kids out of the crowd. One would usually be a little girl about four or five years old, and i try and get about a 10-year-old boy and put them against each other, and of course, who is going to jump the furthest? And of course, that boy is quite sure that he's going to be able to do it, right? In fact, the entire congregation is quite sure that he is going to jump the furthest, because how far can a five- or six-year-old girl jump? And so I say, ready, set, jump. And the boy jumps just as far as he can. The girl jumps too, but I catch her on her way up. And I carry her for about 20 yards. And then I say, who do you think jumped the furthest? That's not fair, isn't it? I didn't say that I wouldn't help either of them. And it's like that with us. We could give it our very best effort. We could jump as far and as hard as we possibly can and give it the most skill and try and be just as balanced in it as possible. And in our life we can try to do, use our best knowledge and wisdom and we can still fail, am I not Right? but with God's power to pick us up and carry us. That's what he wants to do for us. He wants to pick us up and lift us over those difficult times. He wants to give us the strength to go forward. He wants to give us the wisdom and the guidance. He wants to heal us. He wants to care for us. He wants to pick us up and carry us that 20 yards if we will but let him. I want to lift up two things that were true in my life, two two true stories. One of them, I'd been in the ministry for a relatively short time. I know that because it was up in Bradford. I was speaking in a Lenten service much like this, except there was a much, much... It was in First Church, Bradford, and all of the city of Bradford was invited to come. And We had probably about 300 people in that audience. It's a good thing they had a microphone, because like my wife today, that day I had no voice. And I have to tell you, I'm not sure that the message was all that great, but I can tell you everybody listened. Traditionally in that service, there will be whispering and people talking with their neighbors. Not that night. That night they had to listen very attentively or they would miss something. They were afraid of what they might miss. The weakness of my voice allowed God's spirit to be manifest. His strength in my weakness that day. A number of years before that, in my time between college and seminary, I spent three years and three months in the Army. Basic training was not one of my favorite experiences, February and March at Fort Dix, New Jersey, are not a pleasant experience. We went out on a 20-mile forced night march. We'd been up all day walk, marching to the rifle range, marching over to a confidence course and different things we'd been doing. We went to a night fire range that night We thought that was the last thing, and then we march home. Wrong. 20 miles. I wasn't exactly a great physical specimen in those days. I'm still not. But I prayed this prayer from Isaiah 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. I prayed that prayer. And at the end of that march, I was still there with the group. Not only that, but I was in the first rank of that march with my weapon on one arm, my backpack on my back, someone else's weapon on my other arm, and somebody else's backpack in my other arm. Walk and not faint. Two people had to be taken to the hospital from that march. I prayed in my weakness, God help me, and he did. Brothers and sisters, God is there and he wants to help us. He wants to give us that strength. And in our weakness, as we confess it to him and let him move, in, move through us, and he takes us through times of suffering. He did with Paul. He shares back in the 11th chapter of First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians, rather. Back in, uh, in verses 23 through 30. He shares, Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if I was insane. I more so, in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews thirty-nine lashes, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and day I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers for rivers, dangers for robbers, dangers for my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from such external things, there was the daily pressure upon me, of concern for all of the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness. God puts us in times when we are weak so that we can see his strength at work in us. At some of those times in weakness and in difficulties, God has placed us or allowed us to be there so that we can be more effective instruments of His. Many of you may not realize it, but my, my wife, I'm her second husband, her first husband left her while she was carrying her third child. You don't get in a much weaker state than that, and he would not give her money for those kids. But I'm here to tell you that God has used that to give her a heart of compassion that understands what other people are going through when they go through difficult circumstances. God turned what was a very weak and a very difficult situation into a victory of His. And brothers and sisters, when you find yourself walking through the valley and you find yourself feeling really weak, God's strength will hold you up and He will bring you through it victorious. Amen. Amen. This is a time, this Lenten season, to examine our lives. To do a serious self-assessment. Think about who we are. Our strengths and our weaknesses. Romans 12, verse 3. Now Paul has already said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. And don't be trans, or don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind in order that you might prove that good, excellent, and perfect will of God. But he continues with this verse, For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think... More highly of himself than he ought to think, but so to think to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Look at your life, look at your strengths, look at your weaknesses, and give all of that to God. Present yourself with your weaknesses and your strengths to God for his service. And those strengths he will use. Brothers and sisters, he will also use those weaknesses. As we offer ourselves, let us humble ourselves Before Almighty God, let us pray. Lord Jesus, we come in ways strong, but in so many ways weak. Lord, we know that we can do nothing worthwhile apart from you. Nothing that really lasts apart from you. Lord, may we be employed for your kingdom's sake. Take us as we are. Move in our life, in our heart. May we be instruments in your hands. Clay in the potter's hands. Molded and shaped and used as vessels for your glory and for your honor and for your kingdom's sake. And it is in Jesus' name
0: that we pray. Amen. The other day I um, spoke with someone and I said, well, do you, you know, do you believe in, you know, do you have a belief system? Do you have a church? Do you have something? You know, do you believe in God? And he looked at me and says, oh, yeah, I believe in God. I have his picture. And that was all that he had. That was his entire faith for facing the end of life was, yeah, I believe in God, I have his picture. And that was it. And I thought of tonight how much of God's word that we have in our life, how much of it that we've heard and how much of it has been a part of our life. And the miracle of God's word is that we speak it and it creates faith. It creates hope. It creates life inside of us. And the word that we have heard tonight spoken to us is just like in Genesis when God spoke the word and brought the world into existence. God's word was spoken to each of us and it created what was necessary for our life right here and now inside of us. How much more we have than just the picture. We have his word and his life and the family of God to celebrate with. Amen? Shall we stand? Pastor Monk, thank you. Thank you very much. And this Lenten season, um, we are, of all people, most blessed because we live in a place where we are free to celebrate our faith and to share it with one another and share it openly. And it is important that we, that we share that love and that we pray one for another, bear one another's burdens, so, so fulfill the law of Christ so pray one for another and when someone's, someone comes to mind pray for them when someone you're thinking about you know you've just been on my mind then pray for them offer a prayer God help them be with them help them in their, in their situation and again Father it is great it was a great privilege Lord to say we are your children and that we are part of the family of God we are so grateful Lord that you love us that you look beyond our faults and you see the need of our lives and you speak your word to us and it creates in us hope and life and peace. And God, there's so much that we are in need of in our weakness, but yet your word comes to us to give us life. We ask your blessing upon all of our churches, but not just the churches. Lord, each individual and each family that is connected with them. God, I pray that this be a special time of blessing for our community. That, God, that you, who have had such a profound effect upon our lives, continue to do so through the clergy, through the ministers, and through those who serve you, and each family, and each individual, God. Just bless us, Lord, that we might continue your ministry of creation, of creating good things in our community, in in our lives, and our surrounding areas. We pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said... Amen. God bless you. You know, I'm always great for handshakes and hugs and all that stuff. So give somebody something, you know, a handshake or a hug.